0: Thank you. been a long time since I've done a live stream, but as you can see, I've been pretty busy. Say hello to the, I don't know what to call it. I guess we call it the mini-blurred or baby-blurred. Say hello to mm. Kai Kai. Yeah, yep, Kai says hi. So, oh, yeah. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, we're going to talk about, actually we're going to talk about a multitude of things today um i should have wrote an agenda normally i do but because i haven't done one in so long that i i didn't write one so as the title of this you know live stream suggests we are going to talk about black panther we are going to get into spoiler territory you know as always if you haven't seen the movie yet don't watch this if you haven't like or if you you don't care about spoilers of course stick around you know there's going to be a lot to talk about um we watched it last night we were able to catch it so um as with the new format with my reviews now i'm going to talk about the things that i liked the things that i thought were okay the things that i kind of didn't go with and the things that they could excuse me the things that they could have reworked as well as my overall review of or rating of this movie as always be sure to like share comment and subscribe Of course, um, you can find me on YouTube, you can find me on Facebook Watch, um, you can find me on Twitch, Instagram, TikTok, you can find me all over the social medias. I am debating on whether I should just get rid of TikTok, I I mean not TikTok, Twitter, I barely use the thing, so I'm probably just gonna get rid of that, I'm hardly on it, and I barely check it, so, I'm probably gonna get rid of Twitter at some point, but, be sure to follow me on all the social media. I'm really going to try to start getting my Discord together so I can really start working that and we can continue discussions from there. And aside from that, um, yeah, I'm going to try to be back on a regular basis and really try to give you a live stream every week. Um, I'm probably going to do one next... Weekend, I was I promised to do a uh, live screen live stream discussion About how I would fix the failed Universal Studios Dark Universe So I'm gonna tackle that in the next live stream. So definitely be on the lookout for that and Of course and everything Just you know stay tuned. I'll be more forthcoming with announcements. What's the medical? You right? Okay. Okay. You know what? Hold on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I will be right back. I'm going to take the kiddo to her mom for a second. I'm going to take her to her mom. I'll be right back. (laughs) I'm <laughs> sorry. back just had to put the kiddo back with mommy so she can chill out and get ready for bed but now let's get into the main topic at hand which is black panther wakanda forever which is of course the sequel to the highly acclaimed black panther which starred the late great chadwick boseman in this iteration letitia wright the peter nyungo um denai guerrera um angela bassett martin freeman as well as the interesting Introduction of Tenoch Huerta, as well as a couple of the star-studded characters, actors, of return for this movie. This I equate, Wakanda Forever, to like a worldwide grief therapy session. That's what I consider Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. It's like a grief, like a grief therapy session. Um, as we all know, back in 2020, Chadwick Boseman succumbed to his um illness of um, his um, of his cancer illness, so while we all knew he was sick, we didn't find a rhythm kind of too late enthusing is how sick he was and by almost, I'd say almost around this time or maybe a few months ago of 2020 that's when we, news broke that Chadwick Lomans had finally passed on so Ryan Coogler, the director and writer of Black Panther had a lot of changing a lot of reworking to do. I believe he had already started writing Black Panther Wakanda Forever. He either started writing it or he was already finished with it. So he practically had to rework the whole entire script to fit this movie. I believe this movie was supposed to come out a while ago, but you know, pandemic notwithstanding kinda got in the way. So he had to rework the um he had to rework the story. And I'm gonna be honest with you, that's one of the biggest things that worked for me for this movie was the re- the revision of the story as I said before this feels like a grief therapy session for all of us because you know when he when Chadwick passed away you know it was felt all over you know you got to figure before Black Panther you know he was a part he was in you know 42 get on up where he played you know Jackie Robinson and James Brown respectively um, he's done, a, he's done a couple other movies aside from Black Panther, um, um, The Five Bloods, uh, Ma Rainey's, um, I'm forgetting the name of that, the rest of the rest of the name of that movie, but he's already done a lot, and everyone was already telling him he's one of the greatest actors of this generation. His, his portrayal of James Brown was fantastic. You know, it's, he, he definitely dug his feet into that performance. And then when he finally landed the role... Of T'Challa, the Black Panther, you know, fans of the MCU finally had a character, especially people of my skin tone, we finally had a character that we could really, really gravitate to. You know, yes, we had we had Sam Wilson, we had, you know, Rhodey, we had those two, but other than that, we, we didn't have someone who was embedded in African ch- culture like the character of the Black Panther, and when Chadwick Bozeman was brought on first appearing in Captain America's Civil War, and then we finally got him in his own standalone movie, which was one of the be- one of the best um one of the better MCU movies. I'm not gonna say it was the best, but it's definitely one of the better MCU movies. Um then of course showing back up in Infinity War and Endgame. And of course, you know, he lended his voice to Chachala in a few episodes of Marvel's What If so his passing really hit not only the fans of the mcu but it just hit the um entire community as a whole you know because now you know we're talking about a character where you know kids of my skin tone can actually have a superhero that can just as that feels one of their own aside from other people that wanted to dress up as a black panther as well not to mention the fact that you had little black girls that could just as shuri or dress up as Akoya of the Dora Milaje, or you can dress up as Nakia, or they can dress up as the Queen Ramonda. Ram- you know, the premier Black Panther had everyone dressed down to the nines in African garb. You know, it was a celebration for all of us. It was no different for Wakanda forever. And I watched a few pre. I watched. A, I watched the reviews, but I watched a few reviews before I'm going to go see it. You know, I went to my trusted guys, Jeremy Johns. Um, Chris Stuckman, even Movie Bob, who I can agree with from time to time, you know, I uh, definitely took their their views of the movie, and I went with it. I went into it with open mind because I did have a few fears. When once the synopsis of the movie was released, a lot of us had our worries. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I was one of them because. I was, I I could, if you follow me, then you know I was on the bandwagon of they should have recasted T'Challa. I honestly feel like they should have recasted the Black Panther. I understand why they didn't, but I still felt like, you know, like many of you, T'Challa's story wasn't finished yet. He had one solo movie and then he just had a couple of um, appearances in other movies. His story was not finished yet, it barely even got started. So the fact that you know they weren't going to recast T'Challa was something that kind of just answered. I mean I was going to see the movie regardless that's let's just be real I was going to see the movie anyway but you know the, them just not really considering recasting you know T'Challa was just one of the things like it was kind of a missed opportunity especially for a lot of the young black actors that are up and coming right now you know Trevante Rhodes um y- Yael Noel like I mean Yaya Abdul-Mateen, like he's just been casted as Wonder Man, he's going to make his debut in the MCU very soon, but there are so many black actors that probably could have filled the role, I mean, and I know you know, after some time I realized that like, you know, this is a different situation and and like I said, the way Ryan Coogler handled the situation and the way he rewrote this movie it's definitely one of the pluses of this movie, um Uh, Just from the opening scene, which you've heard many people talk about, just the opening scene where it's, again, we're getting ahead of the spoiler territory, so if you haven't seen this, you know, get out of here now. Um, Just with the opening scene where it's Shuri, and she's like desperately trying to find a way to save her brother, to save the child. Because, you know, one of the biggest worries I had going into this movie was, how are they going to handle his passing? Does he die in battle? Does he get assassinated? What's the story? Because, you know, you sit you think, you know, as the Black Panther, he's kind of unmatched, not only in hand-to-hand combat, but with his vibranium suit. So, it would be hard-pressed to think of someone who could best him in combat. You know, I'll... F- I'll touch on that more a little bit later. But even, you know, the fact that someone could have possibly assassinated him, someone infiltrated Wakanda and was able to kill him somehow while he wasn't in Black Panther form. That was possibly Also, I wasn't really sure exactly how they were going to weave in or how they were going to, what the narrative was going to be for his passing. And the way they did it was possibly the best way they could have done it. The fact that he was sick and how everything tied in worked even perfectly. You know, you have Shuri, who is a woman of science, so she's relying on her, she's relying on her intellect to save her brother. You know, you know, they have this thing where she's trying to create a synthetic heart-shaped herb because, as you remember, Killmonger Bill burned it all out of He took, he ingested his. Um, He burned the whole entire um, heart-shaped herb field, so there wasn't, by that point, there were no more save for the one that um, the kid was able to save to save T'Challa. You know, so the heart-shaped herb in this world would have cured his illness no problem. But, and they, and they never explain they never explain what the illness was, but Ryan Cougar's ability to weave in what happened in real life and write it into the narrative of the story was perfect because this is it almost kind of goes back to Superman kind of, you know all those things he could do all those powers and he couldn't even save him like superman couldn't save his father from a heart attack and it, this is this is kind of within that wheelhouse It's like you know all the advanced technologies that they have in wakanda all the scientific you know achievements that they've made and they couldn't save their and she couldn't save his brother from dying of an illness again they never said what the illness was and you know even in parts of the movie she mentions that you know she suffered in like he's that he suffered in silence so they really wrote in the fact that we didn't find out that he was sick until much later into his illness and by the time i guess anyone was even really able to try to find a way for him to like live a a little bit longer it was already too late he was already gone so and and i will i'll be the first one to say that opening intro definitely got me. You're like, you know, you know, it definitely it definitely hit close home. Not to say that I've been in that exact situation, but a lot of the people that I've known, that a lot of people that I was related to that, you know, passed away, it was because they were sick, you know. My I mean, I still don't really remember how my grandmother passed away, but my aunt one of my aunts, she passed away from cancer. Um, my uncle, one of my uncles, who didn't really take care of himself towards the end, he finally passed away. Um, most notably, my instructor, my grandmaster, you know, he had ALS, and you know, and as far as it stands right now, there's still no cure for it. So, you know, like the the thing with my grandmaster, and you've probably heard me mention this before, is a simple fact that if it wasn't for his training, the, the fact that he had his body in such physical condition, you know, usually the life expectancy for someone with ALS is two to five years. He hung on for ten. From the, from the year of his diagnosis, which was 2010, 2011, up until the beginning of 2020, he was alive that whole time. And I attribute that to the fact that he was such a very great condition that he was able to hang on for that long. Everyone he knew that had, it that was around him, were passing on way earlier than that. You know, um, one of my uncles, which I've I've never talked about this before, you know, he was attacked. And, you know, he was okay until he wasn't, you know, we got the word. And like, that was, that was back in 2020 also, so, Needless to say 2020 No, that wasn't even 2020 that might have been last year. So needed to say Needless to say ladies and gentlemen, January is not a very great month for me (laughs) Um, if I'm gonna be honest, January is not a really good month for me But the fact that they were able to weave The real life situation into the story is actually a testament to how well of a writer ryan coogler actually is So I applaud him for doing that so and like I said before, this movie is essentially a grief counseling session. Shuri, played by Letitia is definitely the main character of this movie. She takes center stage. And basically, we're reviewing the stages of grief, not only through her, but the characters around her. You know, I've heard of somebody else say that, like, you know, a lot of the other characters are dealing with it in their own way. Um, you know, Queen Ramunda, who was pretty much returned to her role as, you know, the ruler of Wakanda, you know, she's, she's accepted it, you know, the, the movie does jump after, the movie does do a time jump after his death by a year, you know, so it's been a year since then, and, um, you know, Queen Raimunda, she's, you know, accepted that her son has passed, so even though she's still grieving, she's, a, you know, she's, she's grieved for most part so she's, you know, settled back into her role. As the queen and ruler of Wakanda, dealing with the fact that governments all over the world are, since T'Challa opened up, you know, Wakanda's borders to the world, she's dealing with so many people after vibranium, which is nothing new because we we know how these world powers work. We we, we know we know the game already, ladies and gentlemen. We already know the game, so she's dealing with that. Um, Nakia is teaching at a school in Haiti. Um, Okoye is still a leader of the Dormalage and she's still you know, she's dealing with it and her everyone's dealing with it in her own way. It's it's Shuri who's really she's she can't she can't really let it go. And there's a pain and anger building up inside of her. You know, she hasn't really properly grieved yet. And the movie centers around the fact that like Shuri has to like, you know, accept the things that are happening and accept what's going on and what happens so she can finally like move on. She's burying herself in her technology, which is a which is a coping mechanism that people often tend to do. They bury themselves in the thing that they know the most. So um I I I just enjoyed how everything played into real life and I am and I enjoyed the fact that, you know, it was also a grieving process for us because a lot of us it happened so sudden a lot of us didn't really, really have the chance to really, really grieve in the way we were all. We were all were able to from this movie. I've heard people say that like the opening scene where, where's where plenty of tears were shed for a lot of pe. A lot of people shed tears in the movie theaters. I can totally understand that. I definitely understand it. So, I think just the opening scene alone is great. So that was one of the things I enjoyed. <laughs> Tanach Huerta as Namor. That's how he calls himself in the movie. He calls himself Namor. I know we're so used to calling him Namor the Submariner here from the comic books. He calls himself Namor. The, one of the, he's one of the best highlights of the movie. Um, as many of you guys know, I am not like a big, big Marvel reader. I have a few comic books, but I've never been like a big Marvel reader. I'm more of a DC guy. So a lot of the characters that I've... Known throughout the years, I've either met through cartoons, or different mediums, or just from the movies itself. I knew a bit about the Submariner. I know he tends to play both sides. Sometimes, so most most of the time, he's a villain. Other times, he's an anti-hero or a good guy. He's a mutant. He's very powerful. So. It was interesting to see where they were gonna go from, go with him. I know a lot of people were making su- make ge- casting suggestions for um, Namor, I saw Luke Evans a few times, um, a couple of Asian actors too, but I think Tanakh Huerta does a great job. And the idea that he's not an Atlantean, because of course DC has Atlantis right now with Aquaman and such, you know, he's a ruler of a nation, under underwater nation called Talocan, which is an awesome name. And they're, and they're pretty much, you know, ancestors and based off of the Mesoamerican, you know, Mayan civilization, which is fantastic. I think that's great. That is probably the best tie-in you can make. You know, the fact that I like the idea that the origins of the um, Talocan, I forgot the name of the yeah of, of the origins of Talo Practically mirrors the origins of Wakanda, you know. You know, Wakanda was able to really establish themselves as a as a superpower with the with the arrival of vibranium, and it's the same thing with Talo You know, I enjoyed that. A lot. his whole back the backstory that he gave was actually a very interesting one. So I thought that was um it was very interesting. The basic premise, if you guys don't know (laughs) about this, basically is world powers are trying to get their hands on Vibranium. They're doing everything and anything they can to get their hands on even a piece of it. Um, Namor makes his presence known to, you know, Queen Ramonda and Wakanda because an excavation team was killed by the telecons. They were killed by them the world powers believe it was Wakanda who did it because they only believe that Wakanda is the only place where vibranium can be, can be, you know, acquired. So, is basically, Namor, Namor and Talokan make their kind of presence known to Wakanda as the only other civilization that has, you know, the other civilization that has vibranium. <laughs> His intro was... I thought was fantastic. You know the attack on the es- um excavation um crew, um the fact that the telecons can rise out of the water and sing this hymn that kind of hypnotizes passengers into pretty much jumping off the boat. Not much. Not not too different from sirens, who are able to call people into the water to meet their death. I thought that was a very interesting take. You know, I will say. And I know Avatar The Way of Water hasn't come out yet, but I can definitely say the way they handled um, people living underwater in this movie, I felt like it was handled better here than it was in Aquaman. And I enjoyed Aquaman. I thought Aquaman was a great movie. One of the movies that I didn't expect to like so much. But I definitely feel like um, Wakanda Forever did 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 it better. I honestly feel like it didn't. It didn't. It didn't look like janky as far as like special effects was concerned. It it looked seamless. It it looked very seamless in this. So I was really able to really be invested in Telecon and you know Namur as the ruler of this civilization. Um, but of course the minute well the part of the biggest plot is the fact that Riri Williams. We are introduced to Riri Williams who well, you know as Ironheart from the comic books. She was the person who practically built the machine that was able to detect um vibranium underneath the water. So it becomes a battle for protecting her and making sure that Namor and Talokan don't get a hand don't get a hand get their hands on her. They are essentially captured, of course, which is interesting and this is where Shuri is introduced to the world of Talokan and she realizes this is not that it's not that dissimilar from Wakanda. And we all get introduced to that as the movie progresses. You know. And even with the um the greetings, you know, the Wakandas have Wakanda forever. I know this is gonna be kind of ridiculous, but I'm gonna forever say the telecons would greet themselves with the Kamehameha wave. Almost. They greet they greet themselves like this. I'm just gonna call it the Kamehameha the Kamehameha greet. That's what I'm gonna call it. And that's what it looks like to me. and It's like they're giving each other the Kamehameha wave. But that's how they greet each other. You know. Um, All the other characters in the movie I thought were fantastic. Nakia definitely... I feel like they definitely did more with her in this movie than they did in the last one. <laughs> because she's a spy and that she's able to get in and out of situations very easily. Which was awesome. Um While the first one kind of gave it more like a spy... Spy type of um film almost, especially when you know T'Challa, Nakia, and Okoye went to um Korea, kind of on like some, some James Bond type of stuff. This definitely feels like a it, it definitely feels like more of an action movie. Um, like I guess that Shuri takes center stage in it, so there's a lot that there's a lot included with her. So everyone's trying to look out for her. like Queen Raymond is trying her best to literally protect her she doesn't want her going out but she wants her to like really get out of her own space um she like i said she ends up getting captured by you know um namura and the Talokans, and she's unharmed both her and rivi are both captured um so which is kind of gonna kind of lead me into some of the things that i wasn't really too fond of in the movie um some of the some of the angles <laughs> I said in my quick thoughts review after I came out of the movie like, Some of the angles they took with the movie were very interesting. Like Shuri's angle I thought was a very interesting one, and I'm gonna get to that part later on. I was very interested I was curious about Quaver Munda's um angle that they went with her because and on the surface, it almost seems like she's become hardened. Not only by the death of her son. But just by dealing with the world powers. And on one hand, I can kind of understand that. Because when you're dealing with these world leaders. And their mind is only one, one thing. is like, you get tired of dealing with these people. So, I can understand where she's coming from in that respect. But, you know. What she does with Okoye is what took me, took me, took me aback a little bit, you know, because the, the instance where, you know, the Talokans, you know, essentially, you know, capture Riri Williams, and of course in the movie, Shuri agrees to go with them as a captive, so she can protect, you know, Riri, so essentially, Okoye feels like she lost her, she feels like she let her get captured, but, you know, Raimonda's response to it, I thought was interesting, because, we're talking about Okoye, who was like, she's like General of the Dormilaje. She will, like, literally go to the ends of the earth for the family, and the fact that she stripped her of her title and removed her from a Dormilaje, I thought was very perplexing. I was like, you, you, wait, you're, you're, dismissing her, like, if anyone. I mean, no one should be getting dismissed. She's like, she's like the you're the most trusted soldier, and you're gonna dismiss her. I thought that was that one threw me for a loop. Honestly, that that little angle threw me for a loop. And while I get where Ramona was coming from in her grief, it's just like you 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 can't blame Okoye for that. You know, you can't. Blame Okoye for what happened to T'Challa. That wasn't her fault, and you know, you can't really blame Okoye for what happened to Sh- Shuri. You know, it was just—I mean, yes, yeah, she told her not to bring her, but as if you remember, Shuri said that she was willing to go. So, you know, that 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 kind of threw me off a little bit. So I was really perplexed by that little angle that they took with her. You know, but I guess it's part of the narrative that they were trying to write for what's gonna happen with the next. So some of I mean there's not too many things that didn't work for me in this movie, honestly. Um I will say though, there is something that did work for me and didn't work for me at the same time. You know, we all know that Shuri was gonna of course become the Black Panther. We knew that was gonna be a thing we knew that. We we knew from the trailer that she was going to become the Black Panther. Leading up to her becoming the Black Panther was a very interesting journey. Um, as I mentioned before, she the beginning the opening scene is her trying to find a way to synthesize uh, an heart-shaped earth to save her brother. She unfortunately didn't have the materials or the, you know, the minerals to actually create one. After a visit to, um, you know, Talo Khan, she was able to. She was given a gift by Namor, which has some of the, I forgot what they called it, but it's it's like, it was very similar to the arch shaped herb that, you know, the people, the ancestors of Talo Khan drank to become who they were. You know, like I said, part of the backstory is that they drank this substance that was able to help cure them of a sickness, but in doing so, it gave it transformed their body where they could no longer breathe you know and they could no 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 longer breathe regular air so they had to retreat into the water and they were able to like breathe underwater so that's how they became like the telecons um namur who of course, was of course born of of that you know because of the byproducts of the um, mineral that they drank he was able to do that but as opposed to coming out like them he came out like he was, with wings on his feet, able to breathe in air and in the water. Again, he said it himself, full blown. He said it himself, "I was a mutant. I was born a mutant. You know, pointed ears and everything." So, the materials that they used to create that is what she helped, what she used to create a more sustaining, you know, synthetic heart-shaped earth, which she ingested. Going to the Astral Plane. Which I thought was very interesting. And like many of you. You're probably wondering. You know. Who is she going to see? Are they going to try to. Somehow. Deep fake. Or. Have a standing for T'Challa. Which I was hoping they weren't going to do. Or were they going to see her mother? Because it was. I should mention that. At this point. Her mother has passed away. Which I did not see coming either. That's another story Be That I had no idea was going to happen. You know. I know they had said before the movie released that, you know, you can expect someone to die in this movie, but I had no idea it was going to be her. And, of course, you know, she dies saving Riri Williams from drowning after Nomura attacks Wakanda. So, that threw me for a loop also, but at the same time, I understood why that beat was taken because it's basically putting Shuri deeper, deeper in an emotional hole. You know, so when she ingests the heart-shaped herb that she created and she travels to the ancestral plane, she doesn't see T'Challa. She doesn't even see T'Chaka. And she doesn't see her mother. Who does she see? Which I thought was a, which I thought is a brilliant piece of writing. She sees Killmonger. The fact that she sees Killmonger of all people, I thought was very interesting. I remember sitting in the movie and I was like, Oh, this is where we're going. And, you know, it's basically a scene where Killmonger tells her that, like, you and her, that her and him are more alike than they realize. You know, we all know that Killmonger was fueled by rage. He was fueled by anger at the fact that, you know, he comes from a nation that didn't bring him home. His father was killed by his brother, King T'Chaka, and... You know, he he grew up in the military industrial complex. He grew up in it. You know, he was a kid from Oakland who grew up seeing what was happening to black people here in America, became a soldier, became one of the best soldiers, and all he and he did it all so he could get get back to Wakanda so he could take over and wreak havoc across the world. So it was it was a basic it was basically Excuse me. Almost a lesson in rage, because at this point, Sherry was just angry. That's all she felt. She, it was, she did. She, I, I can't say she did, went th- really went through denial. Kind of. I don't think she went through that. She. I don't. I feel. I. You can correct me if I'm wrong, guys. But I feel like she didn't really go through denial, much, as part of the grieving process. But she went through. She definitely went through sadness. Um. You know, I'm forgetting all the stages of grief, but you know, like I feel like it, it, I I would definitely say while everybody else kind of dealt through all the stages of grief in this movie, I think the only one she really felt was just rage, and it was just building up guilt and rage. I really felt like she was just dealing with that. She was dealing with the um um guilt and rage, the guilt of not being able to save. save T'Challa in the rage of just everything else happening around her. You know, not only losing her brother, but losing her mother a year right after that. And everything happening the way it is. So, when she comes out of the ancestral plane, you know, Naki is asking her, who did you see? And she doesn't want to talk about it. And she she feels like it didn't work, but she does get the powers from R R-shaped herb. She constructs herself a new Black Panther costume, which is fantastic. That's going to be an awesome cosplay for women and kids, that cosplay in that outfit. I think, honestly speaking, and I've never mentioned this before, but I definitely feel like her Black Panther outfit is better than T'Challa's Black Panther outfit. The only Black Panther outfit that I actually like the was the one we were introduced to in Civil War. I think that's his best outfit. I didn't really like the one he received later on in Black Panther. I I, I mean I mean I didn't I more so didn't like the helmet and anything else. I didn't really like the helmet, but his outfit from Civil War I think is his best one. That's just my opinion. I think that I think that's his best one. Um. So uh, so at this point she's fueled by rage. You know the one scene where she goes to um, Jabari Land. And at this time, you know, uh, Umbaku has taken refugees from you know Wakanda to stay over there for their safety. And she says, she goes there, she tells us that a Black Panther is back. We're gonna protect it and we're gonna and then she speaks with um, Umbaku by himself, who kind of serves as kind of the voice of reason in this movie. and I'm glad they did that with him. He kind of became like almost like a pseudo big brother to her. In times when she was really grieving. And Shuri just straight up said. We're going to war with Telukhan. And I'm going to kill Namor. And you're going to help me. And of course Umbak was like no. War is not the answer. Your brother wouldn't want war. Your mother wouldn't want war. Why do you? Because of course she's she's fueled by rage. She's angry. She wants to kill him after everything he's done. Despite the fact. That while visiting Telokan, She can see how. He's just trying to protect his people, but he was not giving her any other choice. He was dead set on killing Riri Williams, and he was going to do anything he can to make it happen, which I'll give them credit for is keeping him on a one-track mind. I will give them credit for that, you know, so I, um, I, I, I understood that completely. I thought that was pretty good, but it was interesting watching their final battle because let me tell you all something right now. I am glad that Namor is not dead. I'm glad he survived, which we kind of knew that he was going to survive anyway cuz he's going to play a play an integral role in later movies within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But the way my man was moving in these fight scenes. Fantastic. Fan, fan fantastic. I was I was I was feeling that. I was feeling him flying in the air. My man it, it felt like Namor wasn't just flying. I felt like he was literally like walking on air. He was just like walking. It was almost like he was on a basketball court, just walking, shifting, and striking. I I dug that a great deal. You know, the fight between him and Shuri, while it was brutal, it was more so one-sided because this dude was relentless. Like, and you got to remember, Shuri's not really a fighter. You know she can create weapons but she's she wasn't trained to fight like you know t'challa was t'challa was a formidable fighter like that would have been an interesting fight between t'challa and Namor. i would have loved to see that that would have been great but you know shuri wasn't really a fighter so she was able to hold her own using her tech but at the end of the day she he kind of got the best of her in combat you know even to a point where he stabbed her like point blank stabbed her you know but Thanks to the you know synthetic R-shape earth, she was able to live. But it was also fueled by rage. You know, I mean, the fact that they were able to settle things. But, you know, Nomura is essentially playing the long game. He's playing the long game in this because who knows what's going to happen next, you know, for Wakanda. You know, Martin Freeman comes back as um, Everett Ross. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus is actually in here as um, um, De Fontaine. So, the inch, the angle of the tangle, I'm not really sure where it's going to go. Um, I've seen a couple people say that, like, if they had cut out, you know, that angle with those two, it wouldn't have changed really anything. Like, this movie is two hours and 45 minutes long. I didn't, it didn't really feel that long to me, but I will say there's probably, they probably could have, like, shaved off, like, maybe 20 minutes. I think 20 minutes definitely couldn't have been shaved off. Um, if they had interlaced the raw scenes a little bit better, that would have made a little bit more sense. Cause he he, I mean, he helped, but he wasn't like a super super. He wasn't like a super big help, like he was in the first Black Panther movie. Um, Riri Williams, Riri, Riri Williams. I didn't hate Riri Williams. Um, I didn't I didn't hate Riri Williams. Uh really. I actually like the way she was portrayed in the movie. I do like her. I feel like she could have been more intricate to the story as opposed to just being the scientist who created the machine that was able to detect, you know, vibranium, you know, on the, below the surface. So, I, I just think there could have been a little bit more emotional beats for her also. Um... I know she is kind of written to be kind of sort of comic relief to a degree because she's young you know but she's a genius so there could have been more with that I feel like there could have been some more emotional especially considering the fact that in the movie her father's her father's dead you know she, she and her father worked together a lot so you know her father you know was like she had her mom but her father was that like that would have been a perfect time for her to kind of impart some wisdom onto Shuri, who's still dealing, deal, not dealing with her grief. That would have been a good time for them to do that. So, I mean, from what I understand, I believe there's a, a director's cut of Wakanda Forever out there. If there is one, I'd be interested to watch it. I would definitely be interested to see where that goes. Um, But, I mean, as I said before, I believe there's like, There's. There probably could have been. Not even twenty minutes shaved off from this movie, but certain things could have been replaced or added on to hammer some of the emotional beats more. Um, a lot of, a lot. The fights. I mean, honestly, the person who had the best fight scenes, was really Shuri. I mean, not Shuri. Um, it was really Okoye and Namor. Those were really the only two that had the best. That had all the great fight scenes because I mean course of course she's normal logic, so she's of course she's gonna whip them ass like the one telecom warrior that she that she had like an on-site beef with, great like their first their first battle on the um bridge. Amazing, fantastic. Um, like I said, Namor, he was he was just all over it, man. He was he was like he was he was he was getting it in like you you, you couldn't touch him, you could not touch him, so if I had to pick maybe one of the things that won't work for me going into the future, you know, I could see them doing it for this movie, but going forward, I mean, I don't know if this is going to be a possibility. I mean, I don't even know if there's going to be a Black Panther 3. I'm not really sure. But especially with everything getting ready to be set up for the remainder of the MCU for Phase 5 and 6. Um... I would like to see the mantle of Black Panther passed on to somebody else. Honestly. You know, this is nothing against Letitia Wright. Nothing against her at all. I think she acted her ass off in this movie. Like the fact, and especially considering that the Senator Rano, she acted her ass off. But her version of Shuri unless she plan unless they plan to give her more training as a fighter in like later on in the MCU. Her as the Black Panther. I honestly feel like they could have been somebody else. You know, I was talking with my wife earlier. We both said like. Either Nakia or Okoye. Would have been great. You know, replacements as. The Black Panther. As the new Black Panther. I'm leaning towards Nakia. As being the Black Panther. Because the fact that she's a. War dog spy. She can literally go anywhere and get out. You know, she went into Talokan, got Shuri and Riri out. You know, she managed to kill one Telecom person, one Telecon citizen, but she's able to get in and get out undetected. You know, granted, Ramonda was distracting the more, but the fact that she was able to get in and get out just like that is pretty, pretty, pretty badass to me. So, like, if anything, I feel like Nakia would be a good successor to the Black Panther mantle. You know, so I mean, well, technically she is family now, because the mid-credits scene, of course, which I thought was actually really good. You know, the movie ends with her, with Um Shirie traveling to Haiti, you know, to meet up with Nakia, um, to essentially start her grieving process, because you know, in a movie, what of have a tradition of grieving by burning, burning like the funeral garbs that they wear, as a way of finally letting go, you know, accepting what has happened. You know, Shuri didn't do that. That happened early on in the movie where her mother was trying to get her to do that, but that's when they encountered Namor for the first time. At least that's when Shuri encountered Namor for the first time. There's a debate going on whether or not Queen Raimunda knew of the existence of Tal Khan and Namor beforehand. We don't know. We, we, we don't know. And I don't know if that's going to be explored um, later on in the MCU. But, you know, he didn't do it in the beginning, but she was finally able to do it now. And I loved what they did, you know, in terms of just remembering Chadwick. You know, the the first, the opening scene, you know, where it's the funeral scene. And we're giving shots of, you know, him from Black Panther. You know, from the first Black Panther. No sound... You know, no real music or anything like that. Even the opening fanfare, you know, the mark when the Marvel Studios logo shows up, no music, just images of Chadwick. Not dissimilar from what they did when they updated it for Black Panther on eight a- on Disney Plus, but you know, no no fanfare, no marching band, just silence. Images of Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther, and that was the intro in purple, and sherry kind of had that you know during her grieving process you know just remembering her brother you know and i thought that was a great way to end the movie even the end credits were actually really good you know it was on rihanna's um version of lay me down um playing and normally how normally you have like different graphics you know usually in the end credit scenes for the marvel movies you know like of like different characters and things like that this it was just the burning of the funeral garb. I thought I thought that was poetic. Honestly speaking, I thought it was great. And interestingly enough, the po- the mid credit scenes picks up right from the last scene of the movie, where Nakia finally shows up and she has a and she's walking with a kid, and they're asking if she can join him. And then, you know, this is where Nakia introduces Shuri to her nephew. Um, his name is Toussaint. You know, it's Nakia's son. And this is where Shuri is introduced to her brother's son. And this is where she finally, like, like, you know, like, Shuri pretty much tells her that, like, your brother decided that, you and, that her and her brother thought it would be best that son grow up away, grow up out of Wakanda, away from, like, the kingdom and the responsibilities that it comes with. You know, Shuri asked, it, like, did my mom know? It's like, yes, she's met him. You know so that was a secret that they kept from each other for a long time because part of the thing that was hap- part of the beats and the boy was they were asking you know Raimunda asked um well she didn't really ask kind of but Akoya asked Nakia how come she, how come she never came to the funeral for um, T'Challa, and you know she chalked it up to the fact that like she didn't know she 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 didn't know if she'd be able to bear she needed to be by herself so she could grieve in her own way but of course we find out that like she essentially you know had son now we also learn of course that now Toussaint is just his Haitian name that's his name but his actual name is Prince T'Challa son of King T'Challa so he looks to be we were going back and forth but he looks to be about six or seven maybe so it's reasonable to think that he was conceived at the end of Black Panther. That's that that's that, that, that stands to reason. That he was conceived during like at the end of Black Panther. Um, so you gotta figure he was conceived then. The the decimation happens with Thanos, so that's five years gone. Um, it doesn't necessarily say how long after the decimation that Black Panther takes place, but you can imagine that after the five years, it has to be like maybe two years after that that, you know, things is happening, you know, where things kind of get back on track. And we don't... Rest, like, the movie doesn't state how long T'Challa's been sick. And, you know, like I mentioned before, they didn't say what he what, what his sickness is, but, you know, they do say that he was sick. And, of course, you know, Sheree mentions in the movie that, you know, he suffered in silence. And by the time... I was able to do something, I couldn't save him. You know, she and like that's part of it. You know, she feels like if she had more time to really synthesize a new shaped Earth, she could have saved him. But that's not how it worked. Um, you know, one of the biggest things or one of the biggest themes in this, because we know that Shuri is a tech head. She's like a, she's a great techie. Um, she says one of the biggest things like like, you know, and it's a thing that's going on even right now, it's like the younger generations belief in faith you know you know Wakanda and the Black Panther mantle is one that's heavily based on faith you know you ingest the art-shaped herb you know you travel to the ancestral plant where you meet your ancestors and they give you advice you know they establish in this movie that Shuri doesn't really believe in that that's not really her thing she believes in science and technology so I thought that was interesting that her mother was trying to get her to understand it. like, you know, even though T'Challa's gone, even though T'Challa is dead, he's not gone. You know, so. All in all, like I said, I I, I, I agree with Movie Bob in the sense that I get, and even my friend um, Roma, 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 Romano, this movie's an 8 out of 10 for me. The movie is an 8 out of 10. Um, I would definitely like once it comes to HBO. I'm, oh my God! Once it comes to Disney Plus, I would definitely give it another watch. You know, it's definitely one of those movies where it's like, after watching it the first time, you know, you get all your feels out. You get you 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 do the grieving process with with everybody else in the movie theater. Then you can enjoy it for some of the things that you know it is. Um, I don't really know where the Iron Heart. Show is going to go. I can't really say how that narrative is going to play out. But what they're going to do with that now that she goes, now she was returned back home to the states. Um, it's hard to say where the Black Panther story is going to go next. Honestly, it's really hard to say because you know, it's essentially the movie kind of ends with like a very soft. Alliance between Wakanda and Talocan. A very soft... I say a soft alliance because, like I said, Namor's playing the long game. I actually like to just saying Namor. I'm thinking... I'm, I'm forgetting Namor. I think I'm just going to call him Namor. That's it. You know, Namor's definitely playing the long game because, again, one of the issues... Like, Namor's real deal is he wants to create an alliance with Wakanda. So, no other nation gets their hands on our to create weapons of war makes sense you know so um that's his thing so he's like one of the main reasons why he essentially killed um queen ramunda was so that um shuri could become the queen of wakanda because as it stands um shuri is the queen of wakanda she's the queen now um he felt. I guess he felt like he can like. He can confide in. He confided in her, but giving him the backstory of his people of Talocon, and I guess kind of manipulate her because she is young, you know. And in the, the movie, in the beginning of the movie, when uh, Ramona's trying to get her to grieve, you know, she mentions that like, you know, if we're up to me, I would just burn her whole because all she has in her heart is just like anger. About you know her brother gone, and things like that. So, um, I thought the scene with her and Killmonger was an interesting one because she's she's pretty much throwing shade at Killmonger and and everybody else. But you know, Killmonger's like, listen, don't disrespect your mother like that. She did what she had to do. Your father, your father, on the other hand, he was a crip, hypocrite. He killed my father to protect Wakanda, and was something that he said about T'Challa, which I thought was very interesting. He said like, your brother. He was too noble. He couldn't really do what needed to be done to protect the people. Like, you, you could, but you gotta give in, you know. So, like I said, it's a solid 8 out of 10. I would definitely say that Wakanda Forever is one of the better MCU movies in Phase 4. You know, we left the movie theater last night, and I'm like, there really wasn't a lot in Phase 4. Because you gotta figure, it started out with Black Widow, Then we had Eternals, Shang-Chi, No Way Home, Multiverse of Madness, Love and Thunder, and now Wakanda Forever. Not to mention all the other, you know, Disney Plus shows that we had, you know, WandaVision, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, Hawkeye, um, Loki, um, Werewolf by Night, She-Hulk. Um, trying to think of anything else that I might have missed that was on what What If? Marvel's What If? That was another one also. So I definitely feel like the shows were better than the movies. Although again, What Kind of Forever, No Way Home, and Shang Chi, out of all the Phase Four MCU movies, those are the ones that I like the most. If I'm going to be honest, it's definitely you know What Kind of Forever. Shang Chi and No Way Home. Um, the like I've mentioned before, I ne- and I know I never did, gave a proper review of um, Love and Thunder, but honestly speaking, the only good thing about Love and Thunder was gore. Christian Bale's gore was the best thing about Love and Thunder. Everything else could have done without it, it. It went too far, too much into the comedy um, aspect to really be considered a awesome movie. You know, it was different with um, Ragnarok. It was different. It was it was you know it was the first time you know we took Thor in that direction. So it was new. It was interesting. It was different, but it was a bit too much. I think going forward, we need to give we need to get Thor back to his roots of being, you know, a fighting god. You know, we need to kind of get back to that. You know, so um, I know we got we got to a lot of the younger generation now um uh Wanda's children um Speed and Wiccan um uh Kate Bishop Hawkeye um you know Tom Holland's still gonna be kicking around as Spider-Man who knows if we're gonna be introduced to Miles Morales or something um Isaiah Bradley um um his own grandson who got introduced in um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier who he could become the Patriot um Thor's adopted daughter, Love. Who knows what they're gonna do with her for the MCU? Um you got Scott Lang's daughter, um, which with Quantumania is next example, and that's gonna and that's practically the start of phase five, Quantumania. And I mentioned this last night that um Prince T'Challa, you know, who knows what's gonna happen. You know, we got a whole bunch of other things getting ready to come out. We got secret wars. Secret Invasion, um, Armor Wars, um, Quantumania, um, I'm trying to think what else is slated for Phase 5, you know, we're getting into all the, like, supernatural stuff now, that that we have Werewolf by Night, you know, Blade is supposed to be coming, hopefully, um, and a couple other things too, so, who knows what's going to happen with the remainder of um, the MCU, but, you know, we, we we got up to the movie theaters. Last night to go see it, you know we hadn't really been to the movie theaters in a while, so we decided to have a date night and go see What Kind of Forever. That was the movie that got that was the movie that got us to the movie theaters. So, you know, I was talking with my man Manny last night because he asked me about you know What Kind of Forever, you know. And I meant to tell him that I'm kind of in the same boat as him right now. I'm in this phase right now where I'm deciding whether a movie is good enough for us to go to the movie theaters. Or if we should just wait for it to come on streaming services. You know, if you saw my Instagram post, then you saw that this is a movie that I would definitely watch on streaming. Of course, I don't think this is a movie that I necessarily have to buy. I could definitely watch it on streaming. I'm I'm at that page where I'm really trying to dictate which movies are worth going out to go see or which movies are just good, waiting to come on, you know, streaming services. That's where we're at right now, but I give props to Ryan Coogler. I give a lot of props to Ryan Coogler for writing the story the way he did. I don't, I don't see it going. I didn't, see, I couldn't see it getting going any other way. You know, I, I couldn't see it going any other way at this point. You know, them not recasting T'Challa. While well, I still have my feelings towards it, in this instance, at least for this movie, he made the right choice in not doing it. He made, he made the right choice, so, and the, and the other thing is, there's always the possibility that we could get a T'Challa, you know, um, what's it, the Kang Dynasty and, um, what is it, secret, secret, Secret Wars, you know, a lot of things can happen, you know, a lot of things can happen. I mean, we still got Deadpool 3, which is going to bring back Hugh Jackman Wolverine. That's probably going to be the send-off for both him. I believe I read somewhere that um, after Deadpool 3, Ryan Reynolds wasn't going to play Deadpool anymore. Who knows how true that's going to be? Who knows? But, you know, there's Secret Wars. If you guys have know about the Secret Wars comic, then you know that, like, that is literally like a multiversal battle. Um, DC tried to do something like that called Convergence. But that's essentially what, you know, Secret Wars is going to be. So, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be brought in. You know, we still got the Fantastic Four that is still coming our way, who knows when. So, at this point right now, while I, like, it's not like the first three phases where I was anticipating the next MCU movie. Right now, it's just a thing where it's like, I go along with it. You know, whatever comes next, we're going to watch it one way or another. It may not be in the movie theaters, but we'll watch it at some point. So, but that's my review of um, Wakanda Forever. Um, I've seen people that were, like, like strongly boycotting to go see it, that actually saw it, and they just said, you know what? This was good. It was good. You know, there's, of course, going to be people that are, like, you know, And say that they didn't like it for whatever reason, and everyone's opinion is valid to them. That's pretty much all I can say. Everyone's opinion is valid to them. You are entitled to your own opinion. We can't tell you whether it's fact, you know, because it is up to you. Opinions are emotionally based. That's where that goes. And for my money, I feel like Wakanda Forever is definitely is a step up above the first black panther movie given the emotional weight that this movie carried um like i said Namor is still one of the highlights of this movie i i i really wanted to see the movie more for him than anything else honestly that's really why i wanted to see it and i can't wait to see what they're gonna throw him in next um but aside from that i think that'll be it um there were a couple of things i wanted to tackle here, like I said, I didn't write any notes. I didn't create an agenda for tonight's live stream. So, you know, there's a couple of things that I watched that I haven't been able to give my review on yet. Um, my review for on um, Black Adam, of course, and Smile are up on, you know, YouTube and Facebook, so you can give those a look. Um, I'll probably do... I'm gonna try to do a review of Manifest Season 4 Part 1 at some point during the week. Cause that's definitely a show that we that me and the wife watch like and I think season four part one is definitely off to a great start. I don't know when part two is supposed to be coming out, but I know it's coming out this month, so we'll see when that drops. And I still plan on doing my live stream or doing my video on how I would fix the failed, de- um, failed Universe Studios Dark Universe, I think I have a setup for it that would actually make, would have made it work better than what they tried to do in the beginning. So, that's going to be something you can look out for. Um, if you follow me on TikTok, as well as Facebook, and as well as YouTube, you saw me do my first installment short on, you know, how... Uh, Dragon Ball series for Netflix could work by Zack Snyder. So, again, part two is going to be coming out soon, which is where I tackle the who. And who will consist of who could work behind the scenes to make this thing work, aside from Zack Snyder. But, other than that, folks, that's going to do it for me tonight. Um, I am glad to be back. You will catch me next week with another live stream. Um, and of course, if there's things you would like for me to talk about on the live stream, definitely feel free... To send it my way, whether it's through Messenger, TikTok, Instagram, or Facebook. Um, I'm gonna try to be here um, earlier next time. I didn't. I didn't want to be here so late, but I haven't jumped on streamlabs in so long that I had to like kind of like log back into everything again. So I'll definitely try to be here early next week. Um, and that'll just do it for me, guys. Um, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. I'm out. Peace.